Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot. I'ma take the last shot. I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bitting on me? It's time to get it checked, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You bitting on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? All righty, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, happy holidays, man. And welcome to another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robinson, joined by my twin brother, Andrew Robinson, man. And we are now in 2022, man. It's been a chaotic few weeks here uh, in the college basketball season, man. A lot of teams going on pauses. Um, you got, you know, obviously the turn of the new year. We got people. Uh, allegedly leaving programs mid-season, man. There's been, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on in college basketball, man. But thankfully, man, we were, you know, returning turn the page, man, and into the new year. Now, obviously, we're heading into conference season, and there's been a bunch of games, you know, that that, that have uh, – a that, that bunch of games that are coming up uh, that, that definitely are going to be exciting, man. And um, Drew and I, obviously, have uh, revealed our, our week nine rankings. Uh, they'll, they'll, those are going to drop on Tuesday. So those of you who are tuning in today, we're getting a little sneak peek at those rankings um, that, that are going to drop on Tuesday. Man. So we're going to run through those. Um, also going to recap a couple of huge games, name, namely uh, Missouri State and Drake. Also, we got a huge interview um, with Penn State guard, a former friend of ours, Jaheim Cornwall. Um, he's he's a trainer from Gardner-Webb, um, all Big South last year. Uh, one of the best shooters on the market this season, man. He's now over at Penn State doing his thing, man. So we're going to have an episode, uh, interview, excuse me, with him later on in this episode, man. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you guys, as always, make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you are tuning in, man. Give us a rating. Please, five stars only, man. Make sure you guys are engaging with our content on social media, man. Give us a retweet. Give us a favorite, man. And also, while we're at it, man, we got a new line from All Facts merch. Make sure you guys are also copying that, man. The, the link is... Uh, in, in our link tree uh, on our on our Instagram and Twitter pages, man. So definitely go and check that out. We got a I got us some nice merch for you guys, man. And last but not least, make sure you guys are streaming my guy Pull Up Tay's music, uh, his new project. Why Stop Now is out on all platforms, man. One of the hottest artists out of the DMV, man. But enough. That's, that's uh, um, enough of my voice, man. I know you guys probably want to hear Drew, man. So Drew, how we doing today, bro? Yeah, man, shoot, man, you gonna let me get in there? Sheesh, man, you know, I'm all right, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here currently in quarantine, man. One of my teammates tested positive for COVID. So, you know, been in lockdown for what feels like a lot longer than a week, but it's only been about, I think, six days, seven days, something like that. You know, getting these jailhouse workouts here, a lot of push-ups, a lot of crunches, you know what I'm saying? So, other than that, man, you know, just been uh, catching up on a lot of basketball, man, you know. But um, Happy New Year to everybody, you know. Glad to be back here in 2022 doing another episode of The Auto. But also, man, I mean, hey, you're talking about Jaheim Cornwall, talking about a former friend of ours. I mean, this this guy's a current current friend of ours, man. Since back in PSA, now we're excited to get you guys over to that interview a little bit, man. But uh, definitely got some funny stories, man, Putnam stories. 
Coach Espo story. Shout out to my guys at PSA, man. Coach Grab, Coach Espo, and the rest of the guys up in the northeast corner, Putnam, Connecticut. But, man, looking forward to another great episode today. Yeah, man, I didn't realize that I called him a, for, a former friend, man. My, my, my bad to Jaheim, man. If you tune into this, man, you, you, you already know we, we, we be locked in for L, man. From the PSA hoops to, to the Jayhawk stories that everybody's going to hear later. Uh, and, and, you know what I'm saying, all forward, man. So definitely excited for that interview to get you guys to that later. But like I mentioned, man, we we, we are going to give you guys a, a sneak peek at our rankings that are going to drop tomorrow, man. So we're going to go ahead and, and reel those off to you. Um, obviously, there, there weren't too many games over the past week, so not much has changed. Um, the top 20, I would say, is probably the same as it was last week. But we do have some new entries uh, and a little bit of movement at the back end of our poll. So – Without further ado, man, we're going to – our week nine rankings are as follows, man. We got Colorado State at one, followed by Little Chicago at two, San Francisco at three, Iona at four, Belmont at five, San Diego State at six, BYU at seven, Ohio at eight, UAB at nine, Murray State ten, St. Mary's coming in at 11, Davidson at 12, St. Bonaventure 13, New Mexico State 14, Jane Madison 15, Grand Canyon 16, Wyoming, 17, Louisiana Tech, 18, Chattanooga, 19, North Texas, 20, Boise State, 21, South Dakota State, 22, Oakland, 23, Missouri State back in the poll at 24, and Monmouth rounds it out at 25. So, Drew, what what are your biggest takeaways from our Week 9 mid-major rankings? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, there was too much movement at the top, you know. So, but at the back end of our poll, I think, you know, the one thing that I was, you know, proud of is, is, is Boise State, man. You know, they're coming in right now. They've won seven games in a row. We just knocked off Fresno State, who obviously was a new entry into our poll recently. And they also have a win over Washington State out of the Pac-12. And, I mean, I think they're just playing really well right now. This is a team that obviously, you know, a lot of people, who had very high expectations for coming into the season and kind of got off to kind of a bumpy start. But I think for me, man, it's good to see them playing basketball, you know, playing good basketball, excuse me, right now. As we're heading into the Mountain West, obviously they got their first Mountain West victory over Fresno State. But, you know, we're going to find out a lot about this Boise State team as they're going to get a matchup against Colorado State on January 8th. Um, so, I mean, I think that's going to be, you know, obviously a, a huge, huge game, not only for Boise State, but for Colorado State, who is, as of right now, still undefeated. It's still the number one team in our poll. Shout out to those guys over there, man. But um, I think that's my biggest takeaway out of, out of these rankings for this week. Yeah, man, I, mean, I think uh, you mentioned that game with Colorado State and Boise, man. That's going to be a scary game for Colorado State because, first of all, they're on a pause right now. So your first game coming off pause – um, heading to to Boise State um, is gonna be is gonna be a game that's gonna be dangerous for them, man. I mean, I know you know. Excuse me, oh, not their first game because they're playing Air Force actually Monday night. Um, they're playing Air Force Monday night, but then um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna see Boise um, on on that Friday night game at ten thirty. So your second game coming off a long pause. Prior to that, they hadn't played since December eleventh. Um, so you know you're taking basically essentially like three weeks off um, due to some COVID issues, man. You're gonna play Air Force. Uh, and then you're going to get Boise State on the road, man. Definitely, uh, you know, a, a tough draw for them, man. So, obviously, you know, hopefully that they, they can sneak past, you know, Air Force uh, and get that win. But, you know, that, that Boise game is going to be tough, man. Boise is playing well. Uh, obviously, they're extremely well coached. Um, and it's going to be, it's gonna be, gonna be a, definitely a good game to look forward to, man. And obviously, they're going to see uh, Colorado State is going to see Utah State right after that, man. So, uh, a tough, a tough two-game stretch there for Colorado State, man. Um, luckily, they're going to get Colorado State, at, they're going to get Utah State, excuse me, um, at home. So um, definitely something, something to look forward to, man. But also, obviously, um, 
Oakland's back in the pole, man. It's, they're able to start the Horizon League play uh, at 4 and man. Obviously, they're a team that we were doing. We, we, we have been in our pole um, for a good part um, of this season, man. And, you know, obviously with that win over Oklahoma State uh, earlier in the year, that aged extremely well. Um, they're now back in the pole, man. Obviously, they had, they had a couple of losses there um, a few weeks ago to Bowling Green before going on a pause and then losing to Michigan State. Uh, but they bounced back well and uh, got a win over Robert Morris. Um, by 18, obviously, Robert Morris in that first year in the Horizon League kind of feels weird saying that after they've been in the NEC for all those years. Um, and then, obviously, they were able to get a win over Youngstown State that's moved them to 4-0 in the Horizon League, man. So, so they're, they're, they're back rolling, man, back playing games. Um, and, and they're looking good, man. And obviously, you got Missouri State um, back in the poll at 24, man, after they were able to get a win over Drake, man. I think thing about that game, man, I think, you know, for the Missouri Valley, you know, I mean, before the year, people were talking about, you know, could we potentially get a three-bid Valley this year, you know, with obviously drinking like old Chicago and, you know, potentially Northern Iowa, who people thought were going to be good. And obviously that that take has uh, aged not very well. Uh, well Northern Iowa definitely, um, you know, off to a slow start, to say the least, they're five and seven, they're below 500 this year, um, one and one in the Missouri Valley, man. So to say the least, that that, that 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 pipe dream is over with. But I think, you know, now we're looking at potentially a one-bid valley if Loyola Chicago comes out of this thing, man. And obviously, they, they're, they're currently on pause dealing with their issue. They haven't played since December the 10th. Um, so their next game is not scheduled till uh, the 5th against Illinois State, man. So they're, they're going to be almost a month without a basketball game here uh, when, when they suit up against Illinois State. Um, so hopefully that, that that game can get played, man. They're going to travel to Illinois State as, as of right now. It's still it's still uh still a go. But you look at Missouri State ten and five, Drake ten and five. Um, obviously Drake had that tough go down there at the ESPN uh, showcase in Orlando where they lost three straight games. Um, so I mean I, th- I think at this point, man, Missouri Valley is looking like a one bit league, man, and, and kind of like uh, um a lot of other leagues around the country, man. With you know the A ten and obviously we talked about the ACC being down and. Obviously, the American League with Houston and the in the in the uh, injuries to Marcus Sasser and everything that's going on in that program, man. I mean, that conference with Memphis, obviously having an up and down season, man. There's going to be a lot of bids up to grab in other leagues like the Mountain West. I think who I think is, is trending up right now, obviously with you know Boise State, um, obviously Colorado State, San Diego State, um, Wyoming. Um, you know, so I, I think I think we're going to have a year where the, you know that that league could potentially be in a position to get you know more bids than they, than, they, than they had in a normal year because. Uh, of, you know, the the, the ineptitude of a lot of the other leagues. Yeah, I mean, you, you said a lot, man. I mean, first, you know, as far as Colorado State goes, man, I mean, shoot, like I said, I'm, I'm in quarantine right now, man, trying to do as many push-ups and, and mountain climbers and burpees as I can. But, you know, there's only so much you could do, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're on lockdown, man. And you can't make up for, for the basketball aspect of it, man. Touching the basketball, shooting the basketball, and then the, the cardio aspect. So, you know, granted, they're going to, like you said, they're going to get kind of a tune-up game, if you will, against, against Air Force. But even in that second game back, you know, it's more about rhythm than it is about anything else. You know, when you're off for this long, you know, your rhythm is definitely going to be effective for a Colorado State team that hadn't taken a loss all season. You know, top 20 team in the nation, you know, right now. So, I mean, that's that's the first thing. Like Even that Air Force game, though, Air Force coming off a one over Utah State. So, like, there's no South like, 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 they just beat, beat Utah State, uh, obviously, at, to, to close 2021 out with a win. So, if Colorado State thinks, thinks they're just going to walk in and beat, beat, and beat uh, Air Force, they got another thing coming. Obviously, Colorado State is a, is a better team than Utah State, but, you know, they're, they're, they're more than capable, man, coming in at eight and four. Um, so, you know, that – that definitely a game that you can't just walk into, especially off of a pause. You haven't played basketball in three weeks. 
No, for sure. I mean, we seen what happened to Baylor last year, and they came off of that pause. You know, it took them a while to kind of get back going and get back in that rhythm. You know, obviously they went on to finish the season incredibly strong, win national championship. But when they came off of that pause, they just weren't the same team, man. But you know, when I look at this Drake and Missouri State, you know, game yesterday, obviously that was that was a big game, you know, for the Valley. Um, and Missouri State was able to, you know, obviously win that game by five points. But one thing I want to highlight, man, I mean, Drake was one for sixteen from the three-point line and 20 for 58 from the field, good for 34 and a half percent. You know, and one thing that we do know about Drake is that, you know, they're a high pulling offense. I mean, coming in on the year, they're averaging 75 and a half points per game. You know, normally they're a team that shoots 37% from three, which is which is which is great, you know, 45 and a half percent from the field. You know, so they I mean essentially have one of their worst shooting games of the entire year, man, you go one for 16 from three, you're on the road at Missouri State, and you only lose by five points, you know. So, Grant, like you mentioned, Drake did go off to that, that tough, that, 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 that tough, um, not, not necessarily a start, but you know, down there in Disney losing three in a row. Um, and they did lose this game to Missouri State, you know, not taking anything away from Missouri State, you know. But when you're Drake, man, and you look at this game, you're on the road, you lose by five points after shooting the way they did, you know, I think that, that you can take some positives away from that situation. Um, you know, going forward, man, I think that this is a game, you know, when, when Missouri State has to come to Drake, this is a game that I think Drake um, is going to be chomping at the bit to kind of put up a better performance, man. But, yeah, as far as Missouri State, you know, Gage Prem went for a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Dominic Clay also contributed 15 points and 7 rebounds. I mean, this is a team that's driven by their front court guys. And, I mean, they're, they're only going to go as far as those guys take them, man. But, you know, as of right now, I, I, I will say this. I, I think that Lower Chicago is the overwhelming favorite in the Missouri Valley and, and deservingly so, but I would not count Drake out just yet because, like I said, they're going to be able to put points on the board, and I I, I don't know too many games that, that they're going to go one for 16 from the three-point line. You know, I, mean, I think, you know, if you're the Valley, you're pulling for Drake to kind of get back on their horse here and hopefully, you know, upset, you know, lower Chicago in, in, in the Missouri Valley tournament so you can get two bids because other than that, man, it's looking slow for, for Drake, definitely for Missouri State. I mean, for Drake right now, their best win is probably Richmond, um, who we know obviously isn't isn't you know I mean Richmond is definitely a good team um, preseason wise they had some good expectations and they're gonna have opportunity to do some things in the A ten play but if, if that's your best win um, you know it's gonna be tough for you to, for you to get at large especially with five losses even with the bubble as soft as it is this year so you know um, they're definitely still still a very, a very capable team man they're you know returning a lot from last season. Um, you know, including our guy Darnell Brody, who was also a PSA Hoops alum, child to, to to PSA again, man. If you haven't noticed, it's going to be a theme on this podcast, man. You know, there's a bunch of PSA Hoops guys out here thriving. I was actually seeing a tweet this weekend. Uh, it said we have 42 alums playing Division One basketball, which is the most of any school in the country, man. So, I mean, Putnam Science Academy, man, powerhouse. We're going to have one of the alums on our podcast later on. Um, actually, um, I think I think it's a pretty good segue um, to 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 go ahead and uh and, and toss that interview you know uh, with Jaheim Cornwall. So without further ado, man, we want to get you guys over uh, to this interview with Jaheim Cornwall, uh, Penn State guard, former New York New York Jayhawks guard, and also former Putnam Science Academy guard, man. So uh, enjoy this interview, and we'll be right back uh, after. All righty, guys, as promised, we are joined by Penn State point guard Jaheim Cornwall. And this is a special guest we have today, man, because not only is Jaheim a you know, Penn State guy, but you know, he's also a former Putnam Science Academy guy. Um, me and my brother obviously went there back in 2015. Jaheim went there the year after us and played a couple years up there in Connecticut. But 
Um, this is obviously, you know, a good friend of ours, man. It's been an honor and a pleasure, man, to, to watch you and uh, just obviously through your journey at Gardner Webb and, and now to Penn State, man. So definitely, man, shout out to you for coming on today. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. I got to support my guys, man. Sports free. That's what I live by. No doubt. No doubt, man. So we're going to get right into it, man. Obviously, you know, um, for those who don't know, man, like I said, you you came a long way, you know, out of New York. Um, started off his college career at Gardner Webb, and obviously now you're at Penn State, man. But you know, you were a guy who you know kind of was an unheralded guy coming out. Of, I remember at Putnam Science Academy, man, talking to Scrab about you, and um, you know, just kind of had to scratch and claw your way obviously to the Division One level, and now you're playing in the Big Ten, man. Um, talk to us about just your journey, man, just coming from New York, um, making a D1, and then kind of what brought you to Penn State, where you are now. Uh, coming from New York, uh, obviously. Uh, a state like that, like basketball in New York is gritty. It's like real tough. Um, you know, you can't just hop on the court and just expect everything to go smooth. You got to be ready to fight at any time. Um, and then going to D1, um, I had a couple like low major offers um, my after my first year. Um, just me not, me being who I am, just not, you know, settling for less. Uh, I went back for a post-grad, see, see if I could get some more offers. Um, and just ready to compete. And then uh, Scrab told me about Garner Webb. He's like, so like, yeah, man, it's a, it's a really good program down south. Um, they, they love how you play, and they, they want you to be their guy. I was like, all right, I could look into him. Um, now I went on a visit there. I uh, met with the coaches. It was pretty cool. Um, then they came to me. They came to Brooklyn. I'm like, they're trying to do an in-house visit? I'm like, nah, I never had a coach – you know, me in-house visit, like a college coach too. And they came, they showed me like a lot, like a lot of the clips and stuff and like how they wanted me like in the offense. And I was just like, like, man, like they got that kind of like family feel, like like sort of like Putnam had. So I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm a rock with y'all. And then it was sealed from there. Um, and then like, I went, I stayed there four years. Um, a lot of people was telling me, like, after my junior year, like, yeah, you should probably transfer and try to go somewhere else. But, um, like, me being me who I am, like, I was like, nah, man, I can't I can't do that. Like, I already put in enough time with them, and it still feel like like wrong to just, you know, get up and leave. So, first time my senior year, um, didn't end so well, but, you know, I had some individual accomplishments, um, you know, made a couple more, you know, family members down there. And then – I had the decision to make to, you know, either go overseas or go back to college. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to transfer into the portal, see what I can get. Um, and then I get a call from uh, Coach Shrewsbury. Uh, he's like, yeah, um, you know, I'm out here in Penn State now. You know, we're looking for a guard. Uh, sort of in your play style, you know, a guard that could, you know, make plays with the ball, off the ball, and, you know, a guard that can shoot. And then he showed me, once again, he showed me a couple clips where, you know, where they had the offense and, like, where he wanted me to be at. And I was just like, man, I got that family feel again. Like, it's time to feel real comfortable. And it was a done deal from there. Now, you, you mentioned, obviously, your time at Gardner Webb and the, the decision, obviously, not to not to transfer. While you really had the opportunity to play with, you know, uh, Jose Perez, who's you know, also a PSA guy, Kareem Reed, also a PSA guy. Now, I don't know if you went to PSA with Kareem, but um, nah. obviously, last year you were, you know, first team, all big South. I mean, um, talk a little bit about what that was like, man, having the opportunity to play with those guys down there and then just to, to put together the career that, that you were able to there. Um, I, Honestly, when uh, when they brought up Jose, I was like, I don't know. 
Like, with the pun of size, he's like, yeah, that's where we got him from. I was like, man, if y'all don't get him, man, you're doing something wrong, man. I'm doing something wrong. But then he came up for a visit, and he's like, yo, like, how is it down here? I'm like, I'm like, if you do right, like, they're going to let you go. They're going to let you do whatever you want on the court. They're going to let you play a game. And he watched one of our games, and he saw me He saw me go crazy. So he's like, all right, man, like, shoot, I'm going to come here next year. We're going to do, do our thing. And then came through, did our thing, ended up winning the championship that year, uh, came back again, and then we did the same thing with Reem. Reem was like, yo, how's it down there? Like, like, what's the word? I'm like, honestly, if you play, if you play, do the right things, you play a game, they're going to let you play a game, bro. They're going to put the ball in your hands. They're going to let you do you. And look, look at them now. <laughs> that's love. That's love, man. I mean, you touched on it a little bit, man, but, you know, that NCAA tournament run that you guys had in 2019 where obviously you guys won the Big South and then got a chance to match up against North Carolina, man. Talk to me about just that season, what the emotions were like, you know, winning the tournament. And then, you know, just walking through that game, man, versus North Carolina and just what the emotions were like, you know, playing in March Madness against, you know, one of the Blue Bloods. Um, we played against North Carolina this season and in the, in the tournament we played against Virginia. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember that. Matter of fact, that was year they won it all, right? They won the whole thing. <laughs> won the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing, man. I was like, damn. But um, but first North Carolina, we played them. That was like one of our like first games in the season. Going into that, honestly, it's like it's like one of those dream moments. Like you step on the court, you're like, man, I can't believe like I'm here right now. We going to shoot around. You see all the jerseys up there. You see MJ jerseys. You see a bunch of players. You're like, dang. Like, the whole building is just, like, it's a legendary place. And you're like, man, I can't believe I'm here right now. And when we actually about to play them, too, against a legendary coach. You just get fired up, fired up. And when we got to the game, man, like, that energy just carries on, like, every single, like, possession, every single time out. We're like, yo, we here right now, like, we could be doing anything in the world right now, but we're here playing against one of the best teams in college basketball. Like, well, what else would you rather be doing on TV? Like, let's go make a name for ourselves. Let's go get it. End up coming up short, but you know, that made that made everybody like realize like like who we was as a team. Yeah. And then walk me through that game against Virginia in the in the tournament, man. Like, what, what was that game like? I mean, going against them that year and then just making it to, to March Madness in the first place that run through the Big South tourney. Um, after winning the tournament, um, you know, we – Selection Sunday coming, we, we realized we get uh, matched up with Virginia. And we, like – we're, like, we excited. Then we realized, like, Virginia lost in the first round last year. So, they're not just – they're not just any team, you know. They, 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 can, they can be beat if you prepare the right way and you go out there and execute. But then we realized another thing, too. Like, they lost last year, so they're not trying to lose again in the first round. <laughs> when we put our foot down, we got to keep it down. We got to stay disciplined and, you know, keep fighting throughout the whole thing. Uh, first half, we was up 15. And, you know, I just remember us going to the locker room, like, like some dudes is hype, like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And, like, a couple of us is like, yo, like, that was probably, like, our best, like, basketball right there. We only up 15. If we think we about to just go up, 20, like, no, they're going to come back and they're going to punch us right in the mouth, like, from the start. And as soon as the second half started, that's exactly what they did. They locked down defensively. They got open shots, transition shots. It was getting to the line. It was picking us apart. And I'm just remembering, like, we was just talking, like, man, like, if we just had, like, a little bit more discipline in halftime, 
and, and locked into like our game plan. We prior would have came out with a win. It could have been less than five or five points. We still would have ended up with a win. But I just remember my people's back home saying like, "Man, I saw you on TV playing against Virginia." I was just like, "Yeah." But it was nice to win it, but they they took the whole thing. I was like, damn. <laughs> hey, man, at, at least they won it all, you know what I'm saying? If, if they had beat y'all and then lost in that game, they'd be like, man, but at least they wouldn't win it all. So you got a little bit of a population prize in that. Um, I want to ask you, man, obviously you mentioned your commitment to Penn State earlier, man. Um, obviously, entering the portal, I'm sure you had a bunch of options, you know, a bunch of schools hitting you up. Um, what about Penn State made you want to say, all right, you know, this, this is where I want to be for my last year of college basketball? Um... I had, a, I had a conversation with a cousin of mine. Just He was just like, if you was to transfer and, like, go to a different school, like, what, what would, like, league would you want to play in? I was just like, honestly, like, me being who I am, like, I want to I wanna challenge myself, so I'm going to want to play in one of, like, the biggest leagues. I was like, either the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, uh, Pac-12, like, those. I just put out those leagues. And I just remember, like, Going through my recruitment, I was just checking off lists like teams like that fit those leagues, and it was Penn State, Big Ten, uh, Pitt was ACC, Georgia was SEC. Um, I didn't get any Pac-12 like offers, but then I was just kind of like weighing out like you know the pros and the cons of like you know going to each school. I was like, Penn State probably like it's the closest to home too, so you know my peoples can make it up and I get a lot of support you know, feedback from there. But also, I wanted to play for a coach that, like, he had that NBA connection, that NBA experience. And Shrewsbury, he just came, like, before he was with the Celtics, he was at Purdue. Then he went to the Celtics, and then he came back to Penn State. So I was like, man, that's just everything I'm looking for. And, like, he could just help me out, you know, elevate my game to the next level. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sign with him. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, you, you came to, to Penn State via the portal, but you weren't the only one that, that came, man. Penn State is made up of, you know, a bunch of guys. You know, obviously, Jalen Pickett, who played in the MAC with, with me and Ace for, for two years, I believe. Yourself, coming from Gardner Webb. Jelani White, another MAC guy, you know, from, from Canisius. And then you guys even have a guy, um, Sam Sessoms, who didn't come this year, but another, you know, Binghamton guy, you know, coming from, from a, a mid-major school, man. Talk yeah, about kind yeah. of the makeup of your team, man. What it's like playing with a bunch of guys who are coming from lower mid-majors that have a chip on their shoulder, man, and now y'all are, are all playing in the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's that's something we talked about when we first got here, too. Like, we all came from mid-majors, so we, we kind of know what it takes to, to, to play at a high level. Like, we got to challenge each other every day uh, in practice, even workouts. Like, we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard. It's like some of these dudes, they, they started off at a higher level, so they just, you know, they, they're just relaxing, you know, they think everything is like, man, I've been here already. Like, like no, nah, we got to come in here, like, pushing each other, make each other better and, and hold each other accountable. Like, when we, when we call each other out, like, holding each other accountable, don't take it personal, you know, just take it from, like, I want you to get better so that you can challenge me. And now we both going at it every day and we just getting better and better from there. Now you mentioned uh, Coach Shrewsbury earlier. Obviously, he has you know his Purdue ties and the Celtics ties for five years. And before that, he was with Brad Stevens at Butler and, and coaching the two national title games. You know, what I'm saying? I mean, talk about a little bit about you know what's what's like playing for him. Um, I know when, we, when me and Drew were at Cobb and our assistant coach actually coached with the main Red Claws for a little bit, which is obviously in, in the, the Celtics U League organization. So we were running a bunch of NBA type sets and defenses and whatnot. I mean, you know, talk a little bit about the basketball aspect of that. Has he kind of you know brought any of the principles from the Celtics time and you know? Uh, uh, just the, the type of guy that he is as a coach um, playing for him this year? Uh, coach Shrews, he's one of those guys that, like, 
he he coaches strictly like winning basketball. He doesn't he doesn't care about anything outside of winning. So like our practices, like if we're not if we bullshitting around in practice, like we gonna be in there till we get it right. You know, like he's showing us film and he's like he's like, hey, this is where you gotta be in this spot. If you're not in this spot, it's never gonna work out for us. You know, like he calling us out on like where to be at, like like how to like how to play like within each other like in the game and keep the ball moving like I ain't gonna lie one time he drove a play in the game he's like yo if you come up the screen you hit here you swing quick and you don't throw it in there it's gonna be a wide open layup and like we all like what like huh like he was like alright we just gonna run the play we ran the play it was just a wide open play we like man this dude know what he's talking about like like he understands the game and then like when he was showing me, like, when he recruited me, he was showing me the offense and stuff like that. He literally showed me a bunch of Celtics, like, offense plays, like, single, double, like, offensive sets. He's like, he's like hey, with your type of guy, like, when you come off these, you get down here, you get right to your pull-up. Or you get down here, you got the dump up right to the big. Or he on the screen, you stop right behind and you shoot. Like, like this is what I want you to do. And I was just like, man, like, like you can see, like, the difference in, like, coaches from – you know, a guy that came from the NBA and, you know, at the high levels of college basketball and, like, a, a mid-major coach. Now, for you, man, what would you say has been the biggest adjustment from, you know, playing at the mid-major level to now? You know, you, you had two games now in the Big Ten against Ohio State and Michigan State. Um, what would you say, you know, has been the biggest adjustment um, thus far? Um, definitely the physical aspect of it. Um like the Big Ten, like every every team got like a big man either like six eight, two fifty, or like seven feet tall and like two thirty. So it's like when you get when you get like those mixed matches where you gotta box a dude out like that, like you gotta you can't just be like, Oh man, like he gonna get this rebound. Like, nah, they they're not accepting that. They want you to go and hit that, hit him like early and then you gotta battle with him. I'm not letting him get the rebound. And, you know, that's been, like, every game, honestly, like, even not in the Big Ten, like, even, like, outside the schedule, um, like, schools like that, like, you just got to fight, like, constantly, constantly. And then, like, the mental aspect of doing that, doing your job of getting back on defense and still being able to lock into, like, what we're doing offensively and defensively, like, every day, every single day. It's just, it's like a big adjustment. Now, obviously, you know, you're a guy, and watching you over the years at Garner Web, you are able to shoot the ball at a high clip. You shot over 40% in um, all three of your last three years at Garner Web, but you also kind of thrived in the mid range, shooting a lot of pull ups, um, coming off ball screen, things like that. I mean, how, how um, if at all, have you kind of um, adjusted your game to, to, you know, playing this year at Penn State, or you know, how you see, you see your kind of role in the basketball court? Has that kind of evolved uh, from last year to this year? Um, from last year, honestly, like, the game was, like, much slower. You know, obviously, being a senior playing at that level for a long time, like, you get to slow the game down a lot, especially with the bowling in, you get to slow the game down a lot and kind of pick apart defenses and, you know, uh, get guys open shots, you know, get to your shot and, you know, kind of take control of the game. Um, this year, it's like a like the pace is a lot, a lot faster. Like, you can definitely tell it's a lot faster, so – you know, when you're coming off certain ball screens, you kind of got, like, a little less time to, you know, get to your pull-up or, you know, attack. And 
honestly, like I had a talk with uh, my people's back home and he's just like, like lately you just been looking like you kind of like a step behind. And he's like, just try to like, try to pick out those little moments where you come off screens and just be ready to shoot or just be ready to attack downhill. And, you know, just think the game a little bit, a little bit faster. And I'm like, I started doing that. And like, you start seeing a lot of things open up, like the dumb down, little floater, you know, layups at the rim, you know, one one dribble drop kick, a lot of stuff like that open up when you start to like, you know, think a lot faster at this at this level. Now, obviously, you guys are you know, getting ready to get into the think of the Big Ten schedule once you know once you guys return to play. Um, you got Indiana on January second, North Western January sixth, and you got matched up against Purdue on January eighth. So you know, three you know really big and really important games. When you look at you guys right now, and when you look at the rest of the Big Ten, what do you think you guys and a team have to do uh, to be able to to compete in a league where you have you know a team like Purdue and Michigan State playing really well right now, and Mich- Michigan was in the league last year, um, to be able to kind of push yourselves you know, in competition with the rest of those you know heavy hitters in the Big Ten? Um, honestly, we just gotta we gotta play harder than we gotta like match their intensity on defense. Um, we gotta keep them off the glass and. Offensively, we just got to share the ball and just get good shots. Um, we talk a lot about, you know, going up against teams that, you know, are like heavy and, you know, big men when they crash the glass really hard. We just got to – we emphasize on like boxing out, you know, keeping them to, you know, one shot per possession. And then getting out in transition and getting easy shots. I think like in this league, uh, for, like we're kind of like undersized too um, in the Big Ten. So we just got to be, we got to be scrappy. We got to be, you know, savvy out there on the defensive end and then just holding teams to one shot and then, you know, playing hard on both ends of the floor, getting good shots, getting open shots, playing, playing fast and you know, just getting out in transition. And that's how we're going to compete against them. Obviously, you know, this is the second year in a row that COVID has kind of taken hold of the season. Last year, obviously, it was a big deal. You know, last year, we, everybody was in their little bubbles and no fans. And this year, we were, we were going strong for about a month there. And then, you know, recently, you know, the the, the, the COVID bug has kind of hit, hit again. You guys haven't played since December 11th. It's been almost, what, three weeks at this point, I think, since, since you guys have played. I mean, talk, what's that been like kind of dealing with that again um, in, in college for your, for your last year, man? And, you know, what have you, what have you guys been trying to do to kind of stay, stay out the way uh, as much as possible? Uh, so last year we got shut down right before we played Duke. Uh, Gardner Webb, we were supposed to play Duke. We got shut down two weeks. Obviously frustrating, you know, your senior year, you're trying to play against one of the biggest schools in college basketball. Uh, it's frustrating, honestly, to get shut down, you know, miss games because, you know, what else would you rather be doing? You know, you'd rather be playing basketball or, you know, in a room just quarantining for, what, 10 to 14 days. Um, and then this year um, – like we just tried to like, you know, stay stay within our group, um, in our team, just trying to not let a lot of like outside things like, you know, come in and, you know, infect our group. Um, but you know, it's harder when, you know, people like family or, you know, from all around, you know, people traveling home and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's kinda like you could get it from anywhere, you know, you never know where you could get it from. You know, we could play a game and you know, one team never shows any symptoms or something like that, and then we play them, and now look, now we got hit with COVID. You know, we never, never know. So we just try to like stay within our bubble and you know stay out of the way. Now, one thing, man, I can remember back, you know, when I was in college, man, my playing days, man, was over Christmas break and around this time where there's no classes. 
all them hours and restrictions for practice went out the window because well, nobody on yeah. campus. <laughs> and plus, now not not only do you have that because it's brick, but also you guys are have been on a pause for forever. So y'all not doing nothing but practicing right now. <laughs> so walk me through what <laughs> walk me through what a typical day is like for you guys, man, or what these past couple of days weeks have been like for you guys in the trenches. All right, so we got back. Uh, I got back Sunday. Yeah, some back, back Sunday at like three. Went right to practice at four. The next day we had practice at ten a.m. We went from ten to twelve. Had a little break. Had lift at three thirty. Practice at four. The very next day, nine a.m. practice. Went from nine to like twelve again. Had a little break, come back at four for lift, practice at five. <laughs> and then ever since then, it's just been two days, 10 a.m. to 12, and then come back 4.30 to 7 to 8, bro. These hours, like, we was just talking in the locker room, like, like I know we over 15 hours. You're supposed to get 15 hours a week? Like, we've been past 15 hours. We we passed that on the first two days. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we, 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 we might got to call Mark Ember, you know what I'm saying, make sure and make sure that, you know what I'm saying, he, oh, matter of fact, I got to this part of the podcast out so, so that we don't get anybody any, any violations, you know what I'm saying. We can't have Coach Shrewsbury, his first year, getting any infractions for NCAA, you know what I'm saying. Man? Bro, I'm telling you, during break, them no. rules, don't, them rules they go out the window. There's no rules for practice during the break. Oh. You can practice as long as you want. You, we right. was just talking, like, as a team, like, yo, we need to talk to Coach, man. Talk to him, like, yo, we need to <laughs> Like, we need to get off our feet for a minute. Yo, I get in the cold tub, like, twice a day for, like, 20 minutes. Every Body day. Body day. <laughs> I just got home. I just got home, bro. Practice ended, practice ended like, at, like, five-something. We was, we was in there from, from 1 o'clock. We lifted at 12.30, 1 o'clock practice. Practice ended at 5 o'clock. And he said, this is going to be our recovery day. You know, we're going to use the day to, you know, get our body back, get our legs back, da-da-da. I'm like, man, I don't believe none of that. I don't believe <laughs> and, the, and the whole kill, if they're going to give you an off name, they're going to be like, yeah, you got voluntary shooting or, or voluntary living. They're going to be on your behind, like, yo, like, yo what's up? <laughs> messing around, don't come to a voluntary lift. Now you got to run for you. Can you come to a voluntary They're like, why you ain't show to the, to the shoot around? Why you ain't show to the voluntary workout? You said it was voluntary. Man. <laughs> I'm tired. Look, I'm tired. Look, I remember we used to be, you know, we used to be in that counter like, how many hours have you been? <laughs> and look, I remember back in the day, I almost had to do this in years like on the web or during the semester, but like, we used to have to have somebody sign off on the practice hours to make sure they was correct. See, but hey, man, we ain't signed in this week, man, because they went way over them hours this week. Uh, bro, I got on the web, like, in the beginning of the season, we already knew, like, them four or five hour practices was coming. And they'll oh, come back. Five hour practices, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, bro. Like <laughs> we'll be in practice, we'll be in practice from like 2.30 and get out at like seven something. Oh no. I used to be like, yo, bro. <laughs> I used to, yo, coach, like, yo, coach, man. Like, what's up? Like, we've been in here all day, basically. We've been here all day. Like tomorrow, can we just go a little bit, just a little bit less? Like, well, two at two fifteen, you know, an hour and a half. They're like, man, we just gotta get better. We gotta get better. I'm like, I understand that. Better. I understand <laughs> that. How are we gonna get better if we don't got no legs? You know, like our bodies is killing us. We just gonna get worse and worse. So. 
Man, listen, maybe that's why we didn't go to the tournament. Maybe we want to practice no, longer. Because we were going there like two, maybe at three. Quinnipiac was like two, maybe three. At Coppin, we was going hour and a half. Hour 45. Back. <laughs> back. He was out of there. I'm telling you, sir. No, our first two years was crazy. Our first two years was crazy with Coach Moore. But then after that, it was sweet. <laughs> it was sweet. But no, nah, man. I mean, too. We talked about you know all, all the agonizing stuff, man. But obviously, Penn State. You know, y- y'all in that Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? I know you guys got got, got some uh, NIL opportunities. Obviously, there's a big football school as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know you guys probably got a chance to go to some football games all season. I mean, what, what, what's been the best part um, that that you kind of been able to experience uh, in your first few months there? Um, I, obviously, coming from a smaller school is just like the the campus here. Like everyone here, kind of like. You know, coming, like, from a big school, everybody know who you are, like, just coming in. Like, my first few days here, like, I got a lot of people coming up to me, like, hey, man, like, we can't wait for the season to start. Um, you know, we can't wait to see how good you guys are going to be. Um, you know, we just, you know, we're going to be cheering for you. So, you know, good luck out there. And then I'm going to a football game. I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what this is like. Man, the stadium packed out. You know, everybody wearing white. you like, man. This thing like an NFL game, like I can't believe this is like the school I'm at now. And then you still got people, you know, coming up to you during the games, like, like yo, y'all Penn State men basketball, like, oh, come on to the field, like, come on to the field while they warming up. We like, yo, we really on the field right now. Like, you see dudes that's about to get drafted playing, like warming up. You like, yo, this is different. It's <laughs> crazy. And then like our first few months, like working out wise, man. Weight room is a big difference at this level, man. We lift, we lift like hour and a half, bro. Hour and a half. I'm like, I ain't never lifted over 45 minutes. <laughs> Our hour and a half is from six to like seven something, and in the in the morning. And then like our coach here, like he played football, so we'll start lifting. We'll lift heavy, and then he'll be like, all right. Let's go out to the track. Oh, let's go. Let's go to the football field. Like, what's out there? Like, what are we doing out there? He talking about some man. Grab the track ball, walk around the track two times. You like what? <laughs> he get to the football field. He like, yeah. Let's go run the steps. Like, run the stadium. You like, yo, this is crazy, man. I'm like, damn. This is what high major like. <laughs> yeah, no, man. That's love. That's love, man. I mean, too, man. I definitely want to ask you though, man. Obviously, you know. Taking a couple, a couple of steps back, man. Take me back to, the, to those PSA days, man. I mean, you know, obviously me and me and Ace, man, you know, I'm always going to say that our, our Putnam team was the best team, you know what I'm saying? Me, him. <laughs> we had young homie, you know, prime mama dude, you know what I'm saying? My guy, Josh Wallace, Keelan Ives, you know, but talk to me about your team, man, at Putnam. You know, what do you remember about those days, man, to kind of just um, looking back, man, do you ever have – those just moments was like, dang, man, like, you know, my team was really crazy or whatever it may be, practice moments or just moments, you know, walking through a price chopper or whatever it may be. <laughs> oh, the chopper. Yo, um, I remember just like towards like the end of my first year, I was like, man, like this year, I thought this year was going to be like way harder, but it was so, it was easy to me because I had, it was me, uh, Chuba, Saul, Hami, and Mamadou starring. I was like, man, I'm averaging a double-double every game just off of, like, 
regular motion passes. Like, you remember the motion? You come over the court, you hit the, the trail four, man. I got Saul <laughs> turning around the four. And he <laughs> feels like he open. He's shooting it right away. Right. So that's like four or five assists right there. We start the game off with the lob play to Mamadou. I'm like, that's another assist. Every time. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And then all I got to do is spot up, catch and shoot. Everybody else going to drive and create. I'm going to drive and create. And, like, my job is really easy here. So all I got to do is play defense, make the easy play, and then we're going to win games. And we won. I remember them saying, like, throughout the course of, like, the two years, like, I only had, like, a couple losses and, like, probably, like, 80-some wins. I was like, man, I don't even remember that. But, shoot, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm de- I'm definitely going with my group over y'all. <laughs> hey, man, I, I was having this, this this debate on Twitter the other day with Danny Upchurch. He was the year before me and Drew and them yeah. was there when they had like Dalik and Aunt Durham and all them boys. And, and um, so I mean, it's, it's always going to be a going to be a debate. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, if y'all ever want, man, we can run, we can go to PSA and we can run five. But we got Hami though. You know what I'm saying? I I we, 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 look, y- y'all can go ahead and take Saul. You know what I'm saying? He he was the first one to run with us. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. But hey, man! I, before we before we let you go, man, we gotta get a funny Espo and Scrab story or, or a funny PSA moment, man. We we, we need going before we get off. And then, and then after this, I, I I got one more question for you before we get off. <laughs> All right, I got one for I got one uh, Espo moment. Um, we playing against Commonwealth. This is the first game of the season. Uh, you know, my second year at Putnam. We down like what like nine. He come in there. You already know Espo heated. He coming and loosen it high up. <laughs> he like, hey man, what the what are we doing? Like you out here throwing up balls. You out here playing around lollygagging. Like what are we doing? He flipped the table. Yo, he flipped the table, man. I'm in the front row. I'm chilling right here. He flipped the table in my direction. It come like this close to my knee. I'm like. I'm like, yo, like, if that would have hit me, I would have been done for the rest of the game. I would have been out of here. I would have been out of here, bro. That's, I'm like, yo, it was dumb close to my knee. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yo, we suck, bro. We be losing the Commonwealth and Nova Sun. Like, what is this? Yeah, that is nuts, man. I mean, I remember from my one year, man, we had some crazy games, man. I mean, we, we went on the road at Brewster when they had uh, Nava Mitchell, Jalen Adams, mm-hmm. Justin Simon, David Crisp. Crazy game. I remember how like 25 that game. We almost upset them. We played Hargrave and um down in Virginia and in National Prep Showcase. We played IMG when they had Jaquan Lyle. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of just crazy, crazy games, man. We played at Tune when they had Terrence Mann and them boys. Mm-hmm. For you, man, I, I think my favorite game was definitely that Brewster game, though, because we we should have upset them that 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 uh that year at Brewster. Take me through, like, if you can remember, man, one game where it was like, yo, this is my favorite game. I'll be in just sticks out in your memory, man, uh, from the time I at PSA. Mm. Definitely, um, we played in the Thanksgiving tournament um, in the gym. What gym was that? Uh, down in talking about Albertus Magus in New Haven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played against our first game was against uh, was it, I think it was Sunrise Christian, and I just remember us being down at half, like ten. Uh, I had like I probably had like five in the first half. And, like, something just clicked for me at halftime. Like, yo, like, everybody playing bad. Like, it, it's up to me. Like, I'm about to just go out of here and just play. And then, like, as soon as, like, the second half started, like, I just remember, like, coming on ball screens and just making every right play. Like, bucket here, bucket here, a dime here, 
you know, getting a steal, oh, outlet pass, a dunk. Then we go up like 15. I'm like, man, I got to do this every game. Like, I can't be playing around like this. I'm like, all right, let me turn up a little bit more. Then I remember just chasing down. Like, they had a fast break. I remember just chasing down the guard, just tipping the ball loose and then diving on the floor. And then, like, after the game, like, the dude from uh, Corsair Films was like, yo, we got some, like, we got some clips to you, da-da-da, and, like, you know, and just put it out there. And that's actually the video that helped me get recruited, too. So that was definitely one of my favorite games. I think we might have been at that game, man. Yes. I think I remember them playing something like that, bro. Yeah. We probably were. We was at Queen Peak at the time. We used to come to see them all the time. Right. Um, my last question for you, man. Now, I know we, 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 we shared a Putnam experience, but me and you also shared one experience. We both played for Jay Davis with the Jayhawks. Now, I only played play for one tournament. And the one tournament I played for the Jayhawks, it was me, Hami, Mama, Dondre, Keelan, bro. We went to Atlantic City. Bro, he got us two hotel rooms. So it's all five of us in one hotel room. We got two beds. Bro, this man, after we, we, we had played somebody. I forgot who he played. But we came back to the hotel. Man took us to Domino's, bro. He got two pieces, bro, for the whole team, bro. After the game. I was like, yo, what's up with this man? Like, no. I ain't want to share a bed. So keep in the hot bed. I had this little, like, this little, like, Chair situation, Joe. Mom mm-hmm. had his own bed. My man put Dante on the floor, bro. Wild, wild, bro. So yeah. before we get off, we we need one funny Jay Davis story, man. We need we oh, need one for the man. coach. <laughs> All right, man. Jay David, that's my god too. But man, we I think this is this is my first year playing for them. Um, we in I think we in Virginia playing in Bull Williams. We coming. We we just lost. We just lost to. Um, Team loaded, Dennis Smith and Bam and them. We on the way back, and I just remember being in the back of the van. I'm just hearing, you know, Hami and uh, uh, what's his name, Emmanuel, going at it. The tall seven foot dude, Emmanuel. I'm like, let me just lock in and what's going on right now. They going at it like, yo, like, so like back up from me, like moves, like stop touching me, da da da. Emmanuel, like, what you gonna do, like, if I keep touching you? I see, you know, I see Hami grab something in the headlock. <laughs> You know, like, ah, like, ah, he bit me, he bit me. And he bit him. I'm like, what? Yo, J. David driving. We on the highway, bro. Like, this man just swerving, like, trying to stop the fight. Driving. I'm like, yo, like, you driving, bro. Like, man, he pull over. He come in the back, like, yo, what are y'all doing right now? Like, what are y'all doing? Matter of fact, everybody give me our phones. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, how that, how we get to that point, man? Like, what? Man, I remember Hami like, yo, I'm not giving you my phone, bro. Like, I'm not giving you my phone. He like, oh, you don't give me your phone? Okay. Wait till we get back to the hotel. I'm I'm roommates with Hami mom dude, so <laughs> when you get back to the room, he like, yo, I'm gonna need everybody else to get out, Hami, you stay. Man, that's just like 15 minutes later. He like, all right, y'all good. We come back in the room, we're like, yo, what happened? He was like, yo, bro, we was just fired for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I was like, no, what? I was getting it. I'm like, yo, like, yo, what's up with this thing, man? This is James crazy, bro. <laughs> Hey, that's man time, though. That's man time. Yeah, yeah like, and you know them two, like, they went back, like, way back, so... <laughs> I was like, damn, that's your man's dope, so. Thanks. 
Yeah, uh, that's jokes, man. Shoot, man, it's definitely been been a lot of fun, man. Definitely, it's, it's always great to reminisce, man. And um, definitely gonna be watching you if you at Penn State, man. When you guys getting in the Big Ten play, man. Like I said, definitely extremely proud to to see. First of all, you know, watching you from Putnam to to Garden West to becoming a champion, getting to the tournament, and now you know playing at the highest level of basketball, man. It's definitely been amazing to see, man. And um, definitely want to give you a shout out for coming on today, man. Definitely been a lot of fun, man. And um, you know, we definitely gonna have to definitely do this again, man, sometime and stay in touch for sure. Yes, sir. Let me know, man. Let me know. I'm always supporting, man. I'm always supporting. Support is free. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, my guy. <laughs> All right, guys, that was Jaheim Cornwall, man. Hey, listen, Drew, man, you you, you haven't had that luxury to experience the tournament with, with Jay Davis, man, but that dude is absolutely hilarious, man. Them them, them uh, New York Jayhawk tournaments, man, are, are, are a lot of fun, man. And so I definitely want to shout out to my guy, Jay, man. Definitely appreciate him for giving me the opportunity to come play with them for that tournament, man, because I think me and Drew were playing with the D.C. Warriors, and Drew was over in Vegas, you know, with, with T. Mello uh, that, that weekend having a great time, man. I had the opportunity to go and do some early bonding with my PSA Hoops guys. So definitely shout out to Jay, man. He's one of the best guys in the business, man. Uh, outside of a basketball coach, man, just giving the opportunity for a lot of those guys in New York, man, to be able to come um, and play high-level basketball, man, and play for a guy that truly, you know, wants to win and truly cares about the kids, man. There, there, there are a few guys out here, man, that can say um, that they care about their kids more than Jay, man. Even if, you know, on the road he, he – he, uh, Wants to be a little cheap at time, man. But but he knows he knows it's all love, man. So definitely wanna wanna give my guy Jason love, man. One of the realest out here uh, in, in this in this uh, AAU AAU world, man. No, for sure, man. Definitely, yeah. I, I've had a couple of comments with Jay, obviously at PSA, man, and always was a, a stand up guy, man. So shout out to him, man. Hey, man. But can't be. I hope now in 2022, you you getting guys a little bit better than two Domino's pizzas, man. I mean, that's that's crazy, Jay. Do better than that, man. <laughs> but um, one thing, man, that we didn't get to talk to Jaheim about, man, that I have to mention, you know, while, while we're talking about Putnam Science Academy, while we're talking about the New York Jayhawks, you know, we talked to Muhammad Diallo, man, but I mean, this dude's been on an absolute tear in the NBA. I mean, his last three games, man, I mean, 34 points, 13 rebounds, five steals, 31 points, 13 rebounds, five steals, 28 points, three rebounds, three steals. I mean, he's a guy that's right now taking advantage of the opportunity. A lot of these guys, you know, Kay Cunningham, Jamie Grant's out. Um, and, I mean, he's getting his time to shine in Detroit. I mean, him and, and, and Sadiq Bay and Luke Garza are essentially Detroit's big three, man. I'm watching that game every night versus San Antonio Spurs, man, and Hami's getting a big dunk down the stretch. Obviously, Sadiq Bay made the game winner. Luka has a huge double-double in 2014, man, but – just looking back on that time at PSA Wahami, man, just seeing how far he's come, you know, now, man. So, I mean, you, you, I don't care who you are. I don't care who on the court. You in the league and you averaging 31 points per game, 10, 11 rebounds, whatever he's averaging right now, you special. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of guys who, no matter how many minutes you play, who's on the court couldn't, couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just crazy, man, to see where he's come from, from Putnam and, and the Jayhawks to, to where he's at now, man. I mean, truly letting the world see what he's capable of. You know, for sure, baby. Look, one thing, man, you know about Hami, man, is that that dude is, is a confident dude, man, and he's going to get them shots up regardless. I mean, that, that dude is, is probably the most confident player that I've ever seen in my life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and people people try to fight him one time. Oh, he's just athletic or, you know, he's not a great shooter. Oh, he's, he's not a great ball handler. But look, to him, he the best at best shooter, best ball handler. I mean, we we, we all see uh and Edwards hilarious quote all the time. If if, if, if it's if it's involved in the game, he the best at it. And I'm sure that 
Hami has the same mentality, man. But what he's doing is extremely special, man. And, and you know, you you can mention the guys that are out, you know, uh, and, and, you know, the minutes that he's playing, man. But, you know, like you said, man, you got to put the ball in the hoop, man. To be able to do do it the way that he's doing it, man, is it, extremely special, man. So definitely always proud of Hami, man, and, and definitely crazy to see how far he's come, man, from them days down that PSA hoop. But he didn't have a D1 offer, man. And now, obviously, slam dunk champions play with, multiple all-stars and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and Paul George and obviously Jamie Grant. And, you know, the list goes on and on, man. So extremely proud of him for what he's been able to do um, in the NBA, man. Excited to see uh, where he goes from here. Now for sure, man. It's crazy that people say, oh, he's not that skilled. I don't, care. I don't care what you say about his jump shot. In order to score 34 points in the league, you got to be skilled because you got to get to the basket somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, man, we all like – we all play basketball, man. You play basketball at a high level. Obviously, you know, we, we both play with Jaime and play at the highest level, man. Like, there's scouting reports. And I know for a fact in the league, there's scouting reports saying Hamidou Diallo is coming to the basket. <laughs> Driver. <laughs> and, and for them to know that they, they – that team knows you're coming to the basket and they still can't stop you from getting there, you know. You got to have a tremendous level of, of skill for that, man. So I think it just – you know, like I said, man. I mean, it's it's not much you can say, you know, about the kid, man. Like I said, I, I'm 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 excited to, to to see what he's doing right now, man. And um, I know Jaheen is is as well, man. You know, two two New York guys, man, who uh, spend a lot of time together. Obviously, you know, growing up and in AAU trips and events and things like that, man. So, um, gotta shout out, shout out my guy Hami, man, and, and shout out you know to to Putnam Town Academy, man, for the things that. You know, we're all doing it in all walks of life, man, from Division One basketball to NBA basketball to overseas to my guy Ace killing it in the media game right now, man. I mean, real, real, real uh, well, well-rounded, man, you know, so definitely could not go up the podcast without talking about that. Not for sure, man. And Matt McLean, how many, obviously, we know he's a driver, man, but even, you know, in three of his last four games, you know, he's shooting – 50% from three. I mean, I think he's two for four, one for two, one for two, and 0 for four in the most recent game. So his number is at least respectable at this point in time. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, it's not, you know, automatic by any means, but you have to at least respect it um, enough to the point where he, he, he does get to the line. And he obviously um, great at drawing fouls, man. Obviously shot eight for nine from the foul line, um, you know, last game too, man. But, you know, also um, – you know, just just uh, saying that to, to, to kind of put a bow um, on, on that chapter, man. But without without further ado, man, it's, it's time for our favorite segment of the week. And that is the craziest thing we saw, man. This is a college basketball podcast. We all know this. But here's one thing that happened this weekend um, that had the entire sports world, the entire pop culture world, uh, the entire world, honestly, um, just in awe. And that was what happened with Antonio Brown on Sunday uh, in that Buccaneers football game, man. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you probably have. If, if you watch this podcast, you're probably a sports junkie, which means you probably know what happened with Antonio Brown. But if you didn't, uh, allegedly what happened was this dude uh, got into it with Bruce Arians because obviously, you know, we know, we know Antonio Brown has, has a few bonuses uh, put into his contract. I think he needed like one more touchdown. I want to say it was like eight more receptions. And I want to say it might have been like 55 more receiving yards um, in order to get a bonus. And so in this game, I guess he hadn't been on the field very much. Um, so he took, he, he took uh, you know, a, a, a disliking to that. And I guess Bruce Arians had tried to get him to go into the game on a, a number of occasions, um, and he would not go into the game. I guess he was upset at the way that he was being used in that game. So Bruce Arians then tells Antonio Brown, 
to kick rocks and to, to, to go into the locker room. And so Antonio Brown, as only Antonio Brown can do, obliges. He said, you know what? I, I, I'll raise you one. And he starts taking off his shoulder pads, takes off his shirt, um, takes off his gloves, throws them in, into the stand, throws his shirt into the stands, uh, proceeds to run down to the end zone, shirtless, waves to the crowd, throws, throws the deuces up, chucks deuces on his way out of the tunnel. While the teams are on the field, um, and he runs into the tunnel, man. And after the game, obviously, Bruce Arians said that he is no longer Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, he wished him well. Antonio Brown was seen uh, trying to get an Uber, um, you know, while the Buccaneers were playing, man, eventually made it home and posted a series of posts on his Instagram page. But, you know, hey, Antonio Brown um, could have very well played his last down of NFL football, you know. Hope is not, but um, that was definitely the wildest thing that I, that, I, that I saw this week, man. And even though we had a college basketball podcast, man, I definitely had, a, had it to, to, to uh, talk about, about A.B. Uh, and, and his latest incident uh, in the NFL. Yeah, man. I mean, that was definitely something, man. Like, I, I've heard a lot of, you know, we've heard a lot of stories about, you know, why he did it, you know, the incentives. But this is one one story that I heard actually this morning from Ian Rappaport. I think he works for uh, NFL.com. He's the NFL reporter. And um, he's he reported that, you know, from, from his sources that apparently, obviously we all know uh, AB has been dealing with, you know, injuries over the past couple of weeks. I believe he had an ankle injury is what he was, what he was battling. Uh, he didn't practice on Thursday, didn't practice on Friday. And uh, what, what Ian, Ian Rappaport said was that apparently – a, a B did not feel like his ankle was at the point where he could go in the game. And allegedly, you know, this is, like I guess say, allegedly, this is what, you know, what Ian Rappaport reported was that allegedly Bruce Arians and the rest of the Tampa Bay coach staff approached him and said, Hey, like, time to go, like, get in the game. Like, we need you to sub in. And A B was like, No, nah, like, nah, like, I don't feel like my ankle's ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm not subbing in. And Bruce Arians then proceeded to say, Well, uh, if you can't if you can't sub in the game and you can't play, then we have no need for you here. Like we have no need for you. Like you you can you like you can go essentially. Like you know, I remember this team. You like you, like you. If not gonna check in when we play you, then you're not gonna be a member of this team. You ain't wanna be better. Well, <laughs> that's not gonna be a member of this team because I ain't checking in. You know what I'm saying? So. Like I said, man, nonetheless, the act of what he did was was, was nuts. The antics, the shoulder pads, the weight with the arms that he's going up the field. But giving him the benefit of the doubt, if, if, if that is true, if that story is in fact true. Because like I said, I mean, A's, you know, we, we, we've had many debates about A.B. I'm not an Antonio Brown fan. You know, I'm, I'm not an A.B. fan. I think he's, his antics are just a little bit wild. Um, and things that he's done in Pittsburgh and with the Oakland Raiders and New England and so on and so forth. But if that story is true, and if in fact the Buccaneers were trying to make him play when he wasn't fully ready to play, man, I'm like, eh, maybe he does have some leeway, or not even leeway, but I can understand why that might make you upset. Because like, I ain't going in the game if, if I help you, bro. This, this is my body. This is my, you know, what I'm saying, my body is my temple. And y'all trying to make me go out here and play on a bum ankle? I ain't, I ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? And then they go kick him on the team. It's like, all right, well, if I'm, if I'm off the team now, I guess I'm gonna make it a spectacle. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. Like I said, that's not my source. It's Ian, Ian Rappaport. I can go check it out. He, he tweeted it out this morning. You know, gave the whole rundown. But I don't know, man. AB is a strange guy, nonetheless. Yeah, man. Look, I'm definitely gonna go gonna check out that reporting, man. But. Nonetheless, man, I, I do hope that, you know, I would love to see A.B. back in the NFL, man. I mean, we, we know we know the, the, the talent that he is. I mean, you obviously argue about this numerous times. I, and not that I love A.B. because I'm a Ravens fan, and he torched us and tormented us for years. 
uh, when he's with Pittsburgh, which is why I have the respect for him that I do. Because people be trying to play with him like he's just a regular receiver. Like this dude won, in my opinion, best receiver in the NFL for a stretch of three, four years there, like in Pittsburgh. Um, nonetheless, man, I hope that, you know, that he gets some help, man, and that, you know, Hopefully, um, we haven't seen the last of him in, in the NFL, man, because that dude is special talent, man. A lot of people have gone out of their way to, to put their necks out on the line for him, and namely, you know, obviously, his quarterback, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Um, you know, so hopefully that man can, can get some help. And, uh, you know, we've seen if, if, if the NFL is a league where they'll give you third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth chances. I mean, we've seen Josh Gordon just got another contract after his – I don't know how many times that, that, that he's been in, in, in rehab and whatnot. This dude keeps on getting signed. So if, if he can get a contract, I'm holding out hope that Antonio Brown can damn sure get a contract if obviously things check out. And look, hey, listen, man, this is just me talking. You know, I don't have any sources. I don't have any intuition. I'm just saying, the Dallas Cowboys clearly have no morals when it comes to who they sign. You know, Randy Gregory and the name, let's go, I can name a million guys too, for, for, for Jerry Jones, those criminals over in Dallas. But they just lost Gallup to a season and ACL injury. So they might be in the market for a receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put that would be the most Dallas Cowboys thing in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Jay Jones to call it. It'd be like, hey, man, we just lost a receiver. Amari Cooper's been hurt all year. I have him in fantasy. He's been underwhelming the whole year because he's been out. Then he had COVID. It's like inconsistent. And we all know Dallas, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. We got Zeke and Dak and blah, blah, blah. I could I this is this is prime Jerry time to make a phone call to A B and say, you know what? Come over here, fans season. We're in the NFC, Tampa's in the NFC. We can see them in the playoffs and give them a big F you. How does this sound? Hey, man. That'll be sick. That'll be sick. <laughs> that'll be very wild. That'll be very wild. I don't know if Dallas wants to bring him into that into that equation though, because they got something good going on right now. But obviously they lost Arizona last night, but they're receiving core even without Gallup. Obviously still got CeeDee Lamb, Mark Cooper's back. Um, and obviously Cedric Wilson uh, has been really, really good for them last year. Really good for them all year this season. So, you know, their receiving core is definitely um, you know, not not barren, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, man. But that would be the most Dallas Cowboys thing in the history of the Dallas Cowboys if uh, if, if that were to go down, man. So we'll see. I don't even know what the rules are in terms of signing and because uh, it's really late in the season. I don't know if you can even sign anybody right now. Can you? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I'm pretty sure you can. I don't think there's a rule against it. I don't think so. I've had people pick up guys. I remember a couple years ago, the Chiefs picked up Terrell Suggs right, right, right before the playoffs started. You know, he was like. I don't know how he did it, but they did it. You know, he ended up obviously winning the ring that year, but I don't know. I'm not sure what the rules are, but I, I think it was a word of the way. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll see, man. Definitely uh, something to keep an eye on, man. But last but not least, man, we got a few games uh, that are happening this weekend, man, that I want to run you through, man. It's going to be um, a, a, a really good weekend for, for mid-major basketball, man, but there are a few games that are sticking out to me. Uh, so I'm going to give you my, my top three from this weekend, man. Obviously, the big, the big one is, is Gonzaga and San Francisco, man. This Gonzaga is, is obviously the, the overwhelming favorite in, in the WCC, man. But San Francisco, obviously, is, is currently the number three team in our poll, man. Off to a great start. Jamari Bouye is an absolute star for them. He's been outstanding all season um, for San Francisco, man. They're going to get their crack, their first crack um, at Gonzaga, man. Unfortunately, this game is going to be in Spokane. And we know Gonzaga is almost impossible to beat in Spokane. So I'm, I'm not predicting an upset by any touch of the imagination. Um, but for San Francisco, man, you're coming in at 13-1. Uh, only losses on the road to Grand Canyon, man. And this is their first 
you know, real test since then, man. So I don't think it'll be pumped up, pumped up to play Gonzaga. Um, that's going to be a Thursday game at 9 p.m. Um, huge game for WCC, man. So definitely going to be looking forward to that matchup on Thursday night. Also, huge matchup out of the NEC, man. I mean, the two preseason, pre- preseason favorites last year's conference player of the year, Alex Morales, the preseason player of the year, and Peter Kiss, um, the two teams that are picked at the top of the pole this year. Um, I mean, this is going to be an absolute showdown. Bryant and Wagner. Um, Bryant's going to go on the road to Wagner Thursday at 7 p.m. This is going to be must-see TV um, this week, man. So definitely looking forward to that matchup, man. And um, both of those teams are, are teams that, that, you know, if they win the league, man, they're extremely talented, man. Obviously, um, we mentioned Alex Morales, who we had on our podcast last year. If you want to go check that check out, check out that interview, man. Peter Kiss, obviously former teammate of Drew and I at Quinnipiac. And both of those guys are absolutely outstanding, man. Charles Pride, another PSA Hoops uh, alumni, is having a great year uh, over at Bryant, man. And um, they're going to ask – those two teams are, are the favorites, man. I mean, we've got a lot of people that have said Bryant's the favorite. got people that have said Ryan's the favorite, man. So um, that's going to be a, a, a very important matchup in, in the NEC uh, for the potential tiebreaker scenarios down the line, man. We had a we had a, a huge game in the MAC that was postponed, man, to, to, to you know, my chagrin, man. Definitely broke my heart, man, because we, we were going to get Iona and Monmouth um, this Sunday, man, and that, that game ended up getting canceled uh, because of COVID issues within – Mama's program, so that's a big loss for the Mac. Hopefully, they can get that game rescheduled. But nonetheless, Iona's going to travel to St. Peter's on Friday. Um, and obviously, St. Peter's is not a team that's in our poll. They're not, they're not a team that, that's ranked or anything like that. Obviously, Iona is. Uh, they're currently fourth in our in our in our rankings. But I highlight this game because St. Peter's is a team that has kind of been a little underwhelming this season. Man, they haven't really you know played their best basketball. Uh, they're coming in at three and six on the season, man. But they are. Extremely talented team, man. They got Casey Nadefo, obviously the, the reigning man defensive player of the year. And the portal had some high major offers, um, but you know, whatever, for whatever reason, ended up to come back to see to uh, St. Peter. Excuse me, extremely well coached. Um, the shot Holloway over there, man. Um, and it, most, the game is at St. Peter. Now they have a new arena. Um, they, they built a new gym over there in, in Jersey City, man, at the Antelli Center. They, they gave it a little facelift. So it isn't the Antelli Center of old that Drew and I played in, which was an absolute dungeon and the worst place to play in the MAC by far. Um, but nonetheless, um, still a hard place to play in Jersey City, man. St. Peter's plays extremely hard, extremely well coached. Um, so I, I, I'm on here on the record putting Iona on upset alert um, in that game in Jersey City on Friday. It's definitely going to be a game that I'm looking for. Um, in, in the MAC, man, because uh, St. Peter's is, is going to be looking to, to get a, a signature win uh, in MAC play, man, and uh, I think they might get one uh, coming coming this weekend against Iona. Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember a time when we had our guy Sean Paul on here, man. He said Iona was going to go twenty and zero in the MAC, man. And I mean, literally the first MAC game that Iona plays, you know, they're they're literally at home versus Maris and squeak by by three, sixty nine sixty six. You know what I'm saying? I mean. They had to get, you know, obviously Tyson Jolly went off for 18 points. I mean, they had five guys in double figures, but I mean, like I said, Maris is six and six, a 500 team. You know, they're not nothing special. And you're at home, you would think you would have had some juice first Mac game of the year, man. And they squeaked by by three, three well, points. They, you know, so. they had beaten Maris, so they, they were 2 0. They had beaten Maris early on the road. They struggled in that game versus Maris. They, 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 they won 78 71. In, early, in, the, in those early Mac games. In the early, early Mac in them two early yep. Mac games yep. in, in December. And then they got yep. him again, and Maris almost beat him at their career, man. So obviously they're, 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 they are 3 0 in the Mac, but, you know, two squeakers against Maris, and then they blew out Ryder 80 54. They're at 3 0, man, but definitely um, 
they're not going undefeated. So I, I'm actually going to see. Some, no talk. I mean, I'm gonna, if, if, if you're getting three point wins over Maris at home, you're not going undefeated in the MAC. It's just not happening. Yeah, man. So, hey, man, the, 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 that, 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 that game was going to be one that I'm watching, man. You, you, you heard here on the record right here. Uh, I, I think Iona's going to go down to St. Peter's. I think it's time that uh, Patino and his squad gets and get a little bit of humble juice. Um, I'm upset that that that, that not gonna get to see Mammoth, man. Mammoth, uh, well, I know they were extremely pumped to play them, and hopefully Matt can get that game rescheduled. Cause I know our guy G Pat is chopping at the bit to see those boys from New Rochelle. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, no, they're they're for sure gonna reschedule that game one, cause I mean that that game has to has to get played at some point or another. But two, I mean, those are the two best teams, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure King Rice and Patino aren't gonna be ducking ducking no smoke, you know. What I mean, right now I don't think I think Mammoth is off the at large. Um, category out there to play for at Lodgeby right now, but you know I know for for Mama's team uh, who's played well in, in the non-conference, you know they they played very well. Obviously, they're on our, on our poll, top twenty-five member team in the country, man, and it would do a lot for their postseason hopes and, and for the confidence of that team you know, to get a win over Iowa. Obviously, you know the regular season champs last year, Iowa ended up winning winning the, the, the tournament, man. But this is not a team that lacks any confidence. You know, and buying her trust in the imagination. So um, I know, obviously, if they were able to get that game, if they were able to beat uh, Iona, that would be a huge, huge game for Mammoth um, and their confidence going forward. So nonetheless, man, some definitely some some big time Mac games. I don't know if I'm going upset. I do think Iona is going to get done over St. Peter's. I don't see them losing that game. But you know, finger things have happened in the Mac. So you know, we'll have to wait and see. Definitely will, man. But. This has, been, this has been a fun episode, man, and I uh, hope, hope you guys enjoyed the interview with our guy, Jaheen, man. Thanks to him again. Um, thanks to you guys for tuning in, man. It's been another episode of the Auto Bid. Um, as always, make sure that you guys are liking our podcast, subscribing, giving us a rating, please, five stars only. Tell a friend, tell a friend about the Auto Bid, man. If you see us on social media, interact with our content, man. Give us a retweet, give us a Twitter, uh, comment to our to to a, 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 give us a comment uh, if you see a tweet, man. We love to, to uh, you know go back and forth with you guys about our rankings or about anything that we put out, man. Um, definitely, definitely uh, goes a long way, man. And also, as always, make sure you guys are streaming. My guy, put up taste music. His new project, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms. And without further ado, man, get your merch, baby. Get your merch, man. Come shop with us. Link is in our bio, man, uh, on, on our Instagram and Twitter pages. So, so click that link. Get yourself some some nice merch. Uh, for the holiday season, man. And uh, like I said, man, I got to pull up today. going to take us out with some music. Until next time, folks. Take best shot. I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. You beating on me? I can tell. It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You beating on me? I can tell. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot. I'm going to take the last shot. I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.